Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. Do you prefer the real book or the fake book? <laughs> I like the real fake, real fake book. How about that? Yeah, me too. Okay. One, two, three, four. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast and a D-flat hanging over on the Kranich and Bach. <laughs> Daily jazz advice coming at you. And you know what that means with the with the Kranich and Bach being used for the intro. That's right. We it means are, we're live. We are live. We we're, are live. Now, of course, if you're watching or listening to the podcast on the regular day, we're not live. But we recorded this live. We've got YouTube live going. We've got some fine folks joining us. And we're having some fun, man. Yeah, man. This is great. Yeah. Um, Today's cool. Thursday. If you think future Adam, if you okay, Peter I'm trying to. Thursday. I'm trying to remember. This is hump Thursday day. next week. No, it's no, not. it's not hump day. It's okay. Wednesday. Day after hump day. Day after hump day. I knew okay, it was something to do with it. Uh, so today, you know what we're talking about? Uh, I have no idea. Actually. We're talking about <laughs> no, really. We're talking about uh, real books. And oh, that's right. You just told me that like five minutes. What's ago. <laughs> What's the deal with real books, and should you use the real book? This is a question we get asked quite a bit, uh, and we could even get into a little bit of like some lead sheets. And you know why we would get into a little bit of some lead sheets? Well, do we want to give it away now or wait to talk about that? We can talk about it now. Let's yeah, we should talk about it now. We are we are by the way brought to you by Open Studio. And Open Studio, we just launched... OpenStudioJazz.com. We need to get one of those, like, Manhattan transfer style, old radio, yeah. tight harmony groups to do, like, the a jingle. The of what I just did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just released a course, yeah. a mini course. Mini course. Uh, and it's actually going to be a series of courses called Jazz Piano Basics. And the first one, volume one, is called Lead Sheet Breakdown. Yes. And in it, I go through this sort of four-step process of how to interpret a lead sheet for solo piano. I like it. Something that I think a lot of people uh, might find interesting. And the f very first introduction lesson, I, um, I kind of talk a little bit about the history of the real book, as I understand it, the history of lead sheets. Yeah. Um, and Do you talk about how it went from illegal to legal? That's, that's an interesting Yeah, no, I mean, it yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. I didn't get into that legal history of it, but... Uh, you know, the history of, of lead sheets is, goes right in, law, uh, in line with the fake book. So the, the fake book, which were, there was a book called yeah. The Fake Book, came out in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And it was really like photocopied, but it, they called it something else. I forget what they called it. But like illegal, like facsimiles onto the page of really, really inaccurate yeah. uh, lead sheets for tunes. Like uh, I was reading up that like sometimes they would even have the chord symbols were really for like ukulele or something. So <laughs> if it was like a if it was like an A7 flat nine chord, yeah. they, it was written as like a C sharp diminished. <laughs> so if you play piano, like what are you going to do? I know. And that stuff still like it made its way even into modern day lead sheets. That I kind used of to thing. I had one of those at one time and it might have been like a copied version and then bound again, but with those kind of charts. And that really, that's what first soured me to the whole real book, fake book kind of thing. I mean, I know they got a little bit better later, but I kind of saw the chronology, not in real time from the yeah, 40s yeah. and 50s, but yeah, I had yeah. one of those. Well, okay, so then there were all these different fake books then between the 40s and on. And then in the 1970s, mm. this group of students at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Yes. Big who, shout out to Berkeley. Who and I should look this up because some of them I think there was like you know Steve Swallow was involved I think yeah like I think so because there was a lot of Steve Swallow there was a lot of Steve. <laughs> I was I didn't really know who he was I remember when I first saw it I was like man this guy is like there's like equal number of Charlie Parker and Steve Swallow tunes in here <laughs> it was uh, it was Steve Swallow heavy the first edition yep. of that real book yeah uh, but uh, they like this group of Berkeley students and teachers got together and basically made what we now know as the first volume of the real book right. Um, and even that, though, notoriously 
had a ton of errors. Errors, yeah. yeah. That in, was, in the melody and in oh, the, man. yeah, I mean, like. Melody, harmony. I mean, that that one was the one. Okay, well, sometimes they would sort of tell you why. Like, they would put the album that they took it from. So that would tell you if there was errors. Like, Round Midnight is a famous one on there because right. it was the Miles Davis version of Round Midnight. So maybe it wasn't so much of an error, but it, but it was not the original version from the composer for sure. Yeah, and well, at least they gave you the version, so you could be like, okay, well, I'll check this out. And, and but sometimes they list a couple albums too, so you weren't really sure. And sometimes they'd make mistakes off of that album anyway. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, and then sometime in the, I think it was probably the mid-90s, Somehow the publishers, I think it was probably Hal Leonard from my yeah. recollection. Do you remember yeah. the new real book? Do you remember those? Yeah. That yeah. was a little earlier. That was probably 80s. Was like that 80s, late 80s? 80s? Late 80s, yeah. Yeah. So the new real book was like finally a copyrighted, you didn't have to go to Baton Music right. and go to the back with the guy <laughs> right, and right. then pay him 70 bucks for like a fake <laughs> book. You could go to like, uh, well, you could still go to Baton Music. What's really, what was really hard is when they, before you got into the back, where they checked you for a wire and made you strip down and... <laughs> Check you for oh that didn't happen didn't to you? happen oh, to me. Okay. Wow, okay. I was there a couple of years before you. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, yeah, so they you would you would start finding these copyrighted versions yeah. of the real book, and like two, I think there were varying degrees of success. Like the the first peach colored new real book, yeah, was all right. It was all right. There was good aren't these the ones that they had like the B flat version and yeah, the E flat and version? E flat version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the the binding on it was much superior to the kind of Kinko's quick job that the real books were. It was, it was. So yeah. Um and then now, man, now it's like it's a free for all. It's I real B. Yeah. It's like all now is that phone. the same people? Because I'm not very familiar with that. I, n- I know about it. You don't have the I real B. I on do your not phone? have the I, I'm you. very, very excited that I do not have that. Good but but you. is is that that's a legal thing? Uh, it, must it, be. it is because it's just chord sheets. It's not lead sheets. All oh, right. No it melodies. is not. Yeah. There's no melodies, which actually is, I think it's all right. Like, but so, but it's got the name of the tunes and the composer yep. or just an, okay. Uh, I don't know if it has the composer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it does have the name of the tunes. And then also it has like play alongs, you know, and you can pick your styles and all yeah. this stuff. But is it a problem now? And I haven't been on a lot of these gigs recently, but I've occasionally been on them or at least seen them. Where you got some younger players that came up with the phone attached to them, I guess. Yeah. And you know, somebody's like, "Let's play Satin Doll," and they're like, the bass player's just like, "Cool." Like they they think that they know every tune because they can pull it up, even if it doesn't have the melody. And that's why you see like rhythm section players doing this. Like we used to have to struggle yeah. and be like, either bring a real book or yeah. or basically just like whatever you knew is what you knew. Yeah. Now we got people pretending like they know tunes because they can pull it up and even play because it transposes right it transposes for you yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's a little bit um it's ultimately lazy <laughs> i mean it really is the right. it's the the pinnacle of laziness for musicians and maybe that's why cats are not learning tunes like they used to probably you, like, i mean i mean section. remember when we were learning like the real book was even frowned upon right as far as like really learning the tune yeah you know and i think i mean in a certain extent that kind of stuff is always still there so yeah we can do our part right now to frown upon this for the let's younger frown. generation let's frown okay um so one of the things i talk about in lead sheet breakdown um which we'll provide a link here uh in the episode description for uh one of the things i talk about is how to approach a lead sheet, how to yeah. make the lead sheet your own. If you have a real book version of, say, something like Autumn Leaves, yes. right? How do you, how much do you trust that real book version? Right. Where can you 
verify it, right. where can you come up with ideas that are probably closer to the original? So obviously go to the source. This is just like entering the United States. Trust but verify. That's right. That's why they ask for a passport, see? To trust but verify. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a, a, a tune passport. Uh, Autumn Leaves might be a weird one because it's such a old, weird French tune that's yeah. been done like a million times. It was probably like early, early 20th century originally yeah. in France. I don't know. La France. Yeah. And then... But, like, take a tune like um, Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Right? Harold Arlen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to the real book, there's a bunch of weird chord changes, probably ukulele changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you go to the film and listen to Judy Garland sing it, you can hear exactly what the composer had in mind. You can hear some great orchestration. Uh, I forget the guy's name who orchestrated that on the film, but he's really, really good. Igor uh, Stravinsky? It was not it Stravinsky, was not. Okay. no. Um, but it's super, you get all this information that's not in the real book. You get yeah. information like what are the actual chord changes? What are the actual bass movements? Then you get things like the counter melodies yeah. that are like super important. You know, you get the viola parts and yeah. the clarinet parts yeah. and the things that are happening under the melody. Um, and you're probably not getting any crazy changes, though. You are right? not getting any crazy changes. Which is nice because I like this idea. And I know that you talk about this some in the course is like, how do we decide? How do we build that up either ourselves and make that a style? Yeah. Or how do we take things that have kind of become jazz conventions and have made it? Because, I mean, we always talk about jazz standards. They didn't start out as jazz standards. And for sure, Autumn Leaves is a jazz standard. For sure, for sure. And somewhere over the rainbow, over the rainbow is just kind of like a big popular tune for Great American Songbook. Great American Songbook. And a little bit jazz standardy. But it's interesting these different levels as far as like how much harmonic freedom do we have, how much. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's it's whatever we want, but like, how much do we take that's kind of become the standard ver- jazz version of that tune, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and that, but those are decisions that can't be made unless you actually do some research to what the tune was originally. Yeah. So you can see what the lead book lead sheet that is in the real book has. You can hear the original, and you can make some decisions based on. Maybe a, another recording, like a recording from another jazz musician who's yeah. played the tune, and then you can decide, like, okay, I'm going to take this from the original, I'm going to take this from Miles's version, yeah. and I'm going to make my own version. I'm going to add my own intro, maybe reharm this part of it. Yeah. You know, that's what, in my experience, this is what I do. It's what you do. It's what pretty much all the the pro musicians I know do is, yeah. is not rely solely on one source for a tune. Right. And then sometimes you we can't discount word of mouth here either. I know. Because sometimes it's like I I might know Beatrice only from what Willie Akins showed me. On <laughs> right. It. You know what I mean? That's it. And I We're I, a product of our environment. Yeah. Shame on me for not actually doing more research, <laughs> but I trusted Willie that he would you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So those kind of things are also important. But I, I feel like those kind of word of mouth things are, are an important part I of I like this. those. And they're kind of become some regional things, too. Like I For noticed sure. from St. Louis and New Orleans and New York, kind of the three main places that I've lived. And, and you see the way musicians in those communities um, learn and play the same tunes. There is different little stylistic things. And sometimes they're purely stylistic, but oftentimes they are sort of changes the way that people play them. It's not a right or wrong, but, you know, just from playing gigs together and, like you say, learning from older musicians, you learn it in that way. And I think that that's a cool thing. I mean, you can have, like, we always talk about reference recordings. And I think that when we say that, maybe some people misinterpret that to mean, like, you have to play it that way. And to me, a reference recording is just, like, a a version that you can learn it off of. Because I like to, you know, as much as possible, learn things by ear. For sure. And encourage that. And so when you do that, it's almost like... People when they take the real book or or 
a fake book or whatever, that's becoming your reference. So something is going to be your reference point. Yeah. And and if we're going to play it in a jazz style, you can't only use the original Judy Garland singing it because you're not going to play it just the way you're not going to sing it like yeah, that. Yeah, first of all, she sings it in A flat, which is a terrible key on the piano for that tune. Right. right. So you're already doing some interpretation. Right. But it's kind of like, and that's where I think a lot of times for me, the reference recordings, as much as you know how you could combine that with the lead sheet and how much you're going to use of that can be, um, you know, I don't know, Ella Fitzgerald, just because I love her singing, she always, I think, straddles the line nicely between like she really could sing the songs the original way, but then gave them that jazz vibe. For sure. Now, it always depended upon what the arrangement and stuff was around her, but in terms of like the melody, um, you're getting some interpretation, but you're really getting the words, you're, you're getting the tune in a jazz style. So it kind of bridges that great American songbook over into jazz, even if you're not learning to sing it. It's great to know the lyrics and to hear them and have that part of it. So I've used that a lot of times as a reference. I think Frank Sinatra is really good in a similar way Agreed. with that. Like he's singing the song, but he's never like right down the middle, you know? Agreed. Um, and so, but it really can be any. I mean, Billy Holly, I mean, just really whoever you like. Whoever's you know? a good jazz singer is, yeah. is good at that. And kind I didn't of mean thing, to yeah. mock Miles, knock Miles earlier. It's just that, like, if you're going to learn Round Midnight, I mean, if you're going to learn one of Miles' tunes or one of his music band's tunes, yeah. yeah, you go to Miles. And his version of Round Midnight's great, but he's already so heavily interpreted that, that I think a little bit of a deeper dive into the Thelonious Monk's original version with the form and the harmony and the intro and the whole thing. Right. His version is yeah, the yeah. way to go, you know. I mean, even if if you think about like modern jazz standards, something like a Miles tune, like if you if you yeah. think of blue and green, if you just approach that from the real book, first yeah. of all, some of those changes are not quite yeah. right. Right. And then well, they're wrong. So well, they are yeah, yeah. By not quite right, I mean they're completely wrong. Yeah. But then also you you miss some of the coolest parts about that tune, which is how it the time doubles its its sections yeah. and then doubles again at the end, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The meter changes, like those little details. If you're just a I'll tell you right now, if you're like a young musician, a beginning musician wanting to get better at that, knowing those details when you go to a jam session. Or yeah. when you get called for a gig with players who are a little more experienced with you, yeah. those go a long way as far as as people, you know, um, expecting now you are like one of the players, like yeah. you, you know your stuff, and, yeah. and you don't just have this, you know, elementary real book version of this. Absolutely, so, yeah. Man. Well, uh, this was fun. Please check out uh, OpenStudioJazz.com. We're going to have a link in here for the new course, Jazz Piano Basics Lead Sheet Breakdown. Check that out. We get way deep into this uh, on that course. And the three tunes that you cover, correct me if I'm wrong here, Autumn Leaves, yep. Somewhere Over the Rainbow, yes. and... Summertime. Summertime, that's right. Summertime is a good one because the real book version has a ton of nasty changes right. in there that take was, away from like Gershwin's um, amazing orchestration of that Right, too. right. Yeah, so you were, I think Autumn Leaves was the one you felt was closest to playable in the original that was in the, the in the real book, right? Yeah, when I checked some when I checked some older recordings and some copyrighted versions, there wasn't that much difference. It's such a simple tune. Yeah. Um, but Summertime has some egregious errors. Over the Rainbow is kind of all over the place trying to like whoever did the real book version of Over the Rainbow, they tried to relay some counter melody information using chord changes and it just doesn't, you know, when they do that, like you'll see like, you know, G minor seven and then E flat yeah. and then G minor and then G diminished. But all they really want to do is do a counter melody of F, E flat, <laughs> right, D right. and D. Like that's what they did. And yeah. it's like, well, how, how is anybody supposed to know that without listening? You know what I mean? Like this is a terrible way to communicate that. Right, right. Uh, so all of that stuff is uh, is worth investigating for sure. So since we're on the YouTube live right now, too, Neil has a great comment. You rarely want to hear a standard played as standard, do you? No. I like that. That's great. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, well, thanks to everybody here on YouTube Live and our listeners not live. Yeah. You got anything else on this, Pete? Well, no, I was just saying that's that that's such a great comment just to kind of appear. But then Neil also says, I can't read lead sheets. I need iReal Pro. Ha, ha, ha. So you got it kind of the yin and the yang. I like that. Neil's a bit of a joker. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, what else we got? That's it, man. That's it. Well, yeah. till tomorrow. See you later.